Hey, welcome to this week's episode of Family Haunts in History. We're back. And we're going to cover some uh, interesting stuff today. Tough con- uh, tough topic, should I say. Uh, well, if you learn how to talk, yeah, it yeah. could yeah. be. Yeah. Get a little scrambled there once <laughs> Scrambled egg brains. My mind is going. Danielle just stares at me the entire time. <laughs> he never talks into the microphone. Well, I don't know. You keep staring at me. You make me nervous. I don't like eye contact. So, well, we got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Um, this story today that we're going to talk about is the exact reason that we're on this journey. And the exact reason. I think that uh, it's pretty interesting. At least it, it changed my opinion on the world of paranormal things um, greatly. So I don't know how you other guy, how everybody else feels about it. We all agree. Okay. I, I yeah, I'm, I you know, I, I I agree. I guess. So in 2007, uh, end of 2007, beginning of 2008, we moved up to the area that we're in, and when we were moving in, uh, some of the neighbors that came over to us and were telling us about the people that the gentleman that lived in the um, house behind us, and um, that he was not the nicest person in the world. So I guess they had all had run-ins with him. Basically, is what they told us, and. Um, so we were a little concerned, and they thought it was kind of funny because one of the instances was when um, his neighbor across the street was so kind of diagonal back from us. And remember, we live in a wooded, very heavily wooded area, so it wasn't really close. There was quite a distance between it. But I guess he showed up one day with the dog, and their dog was in his yard, and he was basically strangling the dog and told him that if the dog ever came back in his yard, he would kill it. So that's the kind of person you're dealing with that everybody dealt with in this neighborhood. So everybody told us that he was really strange, just stay away from him and he'll leave you alone. Our experience personally with him was pretty much mellow. I mean, we were outside doing stuff. We'd wave to him. He would wave back. I guess um, one time my daughter was looking for a dog and she went over, knocked on the door. He answered it. He said, no, we haven't seen it. He wasn't really mean to us in any way. Um, he actually, Maybe he ate it. That's possible. But you said he waved at you a couple times when he drove by. And he stuff. always waved. So I never had a problem with him. Um, there was one instance in probably 2010 or 2011 when you guys were down south on vacation. And he, I got a call. I was at work. And one of the neighbors called and said that your the woods around your whole house are on fire. And he was burning his garbage. The neighbor back behind us was burning his garbage. And it got out of control. And... He had tried to put it out, but it burned his feet, so he couldn't fight the fire at all. So the other neighbors came over, grabbed our garden hoses, were fighting it off, and finally the, the um, fire, department. fire department, everybody got there, and they went ahead and put it out and burned the fence a little bit, but no, no real big damage. And I guess uh, when he was injured, his wife had to come down, and that's the first time we met her. Yeah, she apologized to us. Yeah, she came over and knocked on the door, said he was really sorry. He wanted to apologize himself, but his feet were burned, so he couldn't come over. So just kind of a normal interaction and something that would happen like that. Um, But then a couple years went by, and his wife was living up north, and he would live down here. I'm not sure exactly what that relationship was, but, you know, whatever it is, that's their business. So um, I guess when was the first incident? When did we first find out that he had passed away? Well, he used to play music, if you don't remember, yeah, all kinds of true. weird music mm-hmm. in the middle that's of the, the night. That's the only thing I remember of him. 
Yes. Really it would start music. out with like Led Zeppelin, then yeah. it would go into some, so like Indian, some Indian, some kind of yeah. chanting oh, yeah. music yeah. Oh, it's at like two in the morning. Yeah, but then we didn't hear it for a couple weeks and we didn't see lights on. And he, every morning he used to drive his uh, truck and go get coffee. And we noticed that he wasn't doing that. Well, we assumed it was coffee. Well, whatever he was doing. <laughs> um, I think we noticed the truck just not moving. Too yeah, as the well. truck not moving. Big signal. But then one day we were out and... We noticed when we came back, there was some police cars and stuff over there. And I believe one of the, did one of the officers come over to the house and ask one of you guys? I don't think I was home yet, or I don't remember the exact scenario of how that unfolded. No, his wife came and told us that he had been dead in the house for two weeks. No, yeah, his we wife, had family over. No, his wife wasn't there when we first found out that he had passed away. His wife came down later. She had, he had died and the police were there and they told us. And then we had went out to dinner your brother and sister came down for vacation. Yes. And that's when your sister saw someone in the room. Well, it was that night after it had passed. Danielle was trying to, for some reason, she was trying to go over to the house to see what was going on. And then my sister-in-law woke up. It was up. the night after we found out that he passed. Yes, yeah. my sister-in-law woke up to a man standing over her bed. And she was pretty alarmed. I don't think she was really a big ghost person either. She just she was kind of alarmed by it and, yeah, and woke up her husband and she was scared about it. But she described a um, pretty good description, I would say, of him, right? Yeah. yeah. So we uh, had that experience. And then uh, his wife did come down um, about a week after that or a couple of days after that and started cleaning out the house and asked me to help out with something. So I went over there, and it was a it was a bad scenario. You could tell that he had been in there for quite a while mm-hmm. uh, from the smell. There was flies all over the place. And uh, he had become – something had to be ha- happened to him mentally. He be- was in Vietnam. Because the, the floor from, – from floor up to about your knee or mid, you know, between your knee and um, hip, high, all the way through the house were beer cans, vodka bottles, and everything just stacked up, and there was just little paths going tequila, to different places. Tequila. And um, – Cigarette curtains. Yeah, cigarette butts everywhere, stacked magnets in public in the, bags. Magnets in the mag- yeah, it was pretty L- Not to mention, this entire week, the two weeks that he's been dead, it was like Summertime. 100 degrees. Yeah, oh, it was, yeah. Yeah, like it was like the highest summer. And yeah. He had then, soaked into the carpet. And then all that cat food with no cat, I don't understand. Meow mix. Yeah. He had a cat at one point in time, I think they said, but Did I don't they? remember. I don't know. Well... So anyway, just to give you a, a quick description of the house itself, it was like a modular home, almost like a regular double wide trailer kind of setup. But the end was cut out. They had cut a hole on the end and were building on an apartment. It was like a one bedroom apartment with a living room. It was a nice little area there that they he had started constructing for his family or his parents that were going to move in with him. But then they decided not to. So it had kind of been half built. But it was not completed. There was a lot of tools in there. There was a lot of like a sink and water heater and all those different things. So just just to give you kind of an idea of how that house was. Now, in the meantime, after he had passed away and, and your sister had or sister-in-law had had the experience, we uh, my grandson was very young at the time. And he would come in and he would jump on the bed with me as we were watching TV. And he would, you know, we'd read a book or We'd watch a little video on the phone, and then I'd say, okay, go to bed, and he would run back out of the room. Well, he had started saying that he could not go out of the room because there was the man. There's a man there. He's in the closet. He's in the bathroom. 
and that is where I kind of started feeling like there's something going on here. If he's well, seeing, you were me. seeing shadows, you said too. No, I was hearing footsteps. Oh, I was hearing footsteps in the room when I would. Our bathroom was off to my right, so if I would lay on my left side, I could hear like something walking behind me. But I always thought it was just a dog. I I tend to rationalize everything, so I thought it was a dog or something like that. But I did notice that when I leaned and rolled over on my right side and was facing the bathroom, there was no noise ever. So that kind of alarm, that kind of just perked me up a little bit as far as like, man, maybe there is something going on here. So that was just the initial thought. So, but, um, well, him, how it started was his wife, he was losing his home. I guess he hadn't paid on the home for a while. Yeah. She had came down and cleared everything out really good. It what looked she could. normal. Yeah, she I mean, had she, an old van that she yeah. took most of the stuff. And I told her that I would have a yard sale for her and we would split the you know, the profit on the things that he had in the home. And I would do that for her because she was on oxygen and she was kind of sickly. It was hard for her to do it. Yeah, and I wanted to do that. So I had me and my daughter going to the house and um, the inlay of his body was in the bedroom, but it was a little, a little scary, but we got things out, but we kept going back, but we always sensed stuff. It was very weird. We didn't know. Exactly. A first time experiencing the layout of a dead body for well, me, yeah. for anyone else, anyone else. You first actually time? skipped ahead a little bit because remember there was about a year of time where I was mowing the yard and driving the truck around just to keep it running and things like that right, because right. she went back up North and in that year's time, she kept saying she was going to come back, but she never did. So he's still got all the stuff in the house. It's totally normal now because she's cleaned it all out. She basically was living there for a very short period of time. And then one day, you and I were um, driving home or something, and there was a, a truck in the driveway. And I went over there, and it was the bank. And they had locked, they had chains of locks on the doors and basically locked it all down so that they said, listen, we know he passed away, and he hasn't been paying the mortgage, so we're foreclosing on the place. So we immediately tried to get a hold of his wife. And she was trying to, to get the house. Yeah, yeah, to talk to her about selling the stuff and, right. and possibly getting her the money. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that, there was a little bit of a gap there that, of things that happened. And I was against the whole selling of the stuff because I know that if you sell um, dead people's stuff, uh, usually it's a bad thing. Well, she had asked me to go in the house and get some particular things that she wanted out of the house also that I was trying to be nice and get them out of the house before the bank took them. That was... Mm-hmm things that were special to her that she had left there. Um, yeah, we spoke to her a couple times about it, like trying to convince her, hey, you need to come down and get this stuff. The bank is going to throw it all in a big garbage can, and it's gone forever. You need it. Yeah. If you need something, you need to come get it. And she kept saying, okay, I'll be there next week. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Yeah. And she never came. Yeah. So, and not to uh, interrupt, but also another reason we were going in and out so much was actually because – I was thinking about moving in there. So that's another reason we were going in and out. Oh, we were thinking about buying the so home. So much as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we, had, we had discussed actually buying the house, but that, a little bit later than this. So once we talked to her and had kind of convinced, we told her that, hey, we want to do this. Uh, we think we should take all the stuff out. We should sell it and send you the money. She didn't want us to do that. Then finally she said, okay, if you want to go in there and get a couple items of mine, then you can. And so... We were walking around one day, we were walking the dogs, and we noticed that the back door was open. So we called her and we said, listen, the back door's open. If you want us to get those things for you, we will. People um, were breaking into the house. They had started yeah, breaking in the house, trying to steal stuff. But we went in the house that day, and it was absolutely almost like the day she had left it, other than some of the drawers right. being opened. And, and you could tell people were either looking right. for drugs or money or something. We don't right. know what they were looking for. So, Viagra. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Who knows? But... 
So we went in there, we called her and we said, Hey, listen, we were in the house today. We just happened to go in and we saw that everything is exactly the way you left it. They didn't touch anything yet. So you still have an opportunity to get it out. What do you want to do? And she said, just grab our stuff. It was a table, a small wicker table, a photo album. And what, what was the other thing? There was three, she had some books and things yeah, that she wanted. There was like three items. So that is the initial time when we went into the house and said, okay. Um, she said, grab that stuff. And then if you guys feel like doing the work and you want to send me the money for half of it or whatever, well, I'll split it with you if you guys want to sell everything. So that's when we decided, okay, let's go ahead and start going in. So me and Danielle would go in and um, put things in the uh, garage, a lot of his things. And I think we even talked to him a lot as we were going by his body um, on the carpeting, his the outline outline of his body. Um, felt him very strongly in the home. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure, definitely felt, definitely felt a presence. Death, like. I, and then Leia, what was going on with Leia? Or Cor- Leia would only Leia would only stay in the new part of the house. She Leia was our dog. Leia was our dog. She wouldn't go to the part where. It was the old part where he'd passed away, and there was definitely a difference in the in the temperature. I know we had that a few times, but she wouldn't go near the, feel the other of it. side. Yeah. yeah, it was much more gloomy and. Mm-hmm. and yeah. Remember, I always said I Dense. just wanted to, if we would do purchase this house, I want to stay on the other side. Yeah, because it was very, very and I always got a dark on the very bad side. feeling going in there. And I even said we should not be in this house at all. We shouldn't be taking any stuff to sell, help her sell it. You I had a yeah. see. I thought you just didn't want to help move it. No, no, I didn't. Yeah, I oh, you had a feeling. Yeah. I didn't know, yeah. <laughs> you know the the weird thing was is that um, you know uh, not getting too far in my head of myself is that. Me and Zach had come across a giant, you know how people fill a water bottle with yeah. pennies? Well, we had come across that, and we took it out, and we went and took it to like Walmart. A Walmart Queen yeah. Star machine or uh, yes. something. And it came up to $200, and I took the $200, and I put it in the safe. Um, you know, so we would use that as part of, you know, the money that we were going to split. So I, we did that. Oh, I think I used that for beer, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could have took it out. Mm-hmm. But we put that away, but it was all pennies. Oh no! I know where he. I know where that money went. In yeah. the end. Yeah, yeah, we all do. <laughs> um, but for some reason, me and Danielle, and everyone was getting kind of concerned. We kept being drawn to the home. It was like he kept bringing us there. It was getting a little weird. We had gotten almost everything out of the house. Yeah, but we always wanted to go in there. And you guys kept wanting to go back. I don't say you guys. I always said no. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah, was said, don't it go was, in there. That's it was stupid. me and Danielle because even <laughs> Kelly was saying, why do you keep going in there? But me and Danielle always had such a curiosity. We went through everything. We, were, it, well, we that, were always just curious. Every day we're just like, hey, do you want to go over there to the house? I'm like, eh. And then we're like, yeah, why not? So we'd actually stop over there probably... Twice a day, I would say at least, and read like and just you know, and start trying to. We were looking at stuff, and we started going through a lot of stuff and wondering and trying to figure out his backstory life. And really, I think we found what we found out after the fact, kids and all that stuff. And it was almost like he wanted us, or we felt that an energy was wanting us to learn about learn about him, or you know, so. I know we've discussed um, not going in the house anymore multiple times, and I remember coming home one night, and nobody was there, but all the cars were in the driveway, and I was like, where the heck is everybody? It was about dusk. It wasn't really nighttime yet, but it was probably 7.30ish, you know, and um, I looked over, and you guys were all at the house again. I'm like, That was Man. the scariest time I was at the house because it was, it was 
quiet, but then all of a sudden this rush of cold air just flew right through the house. That was scary. Remember? Do you remember that, Danielle? I felt him very strong in that in that evening. Mm, I'm not sure if I do recall that exact situation. Are you sure I must you not just have been not? There. No, I don't believe you yeah, were. I, I would I don't not think go over at night. You didn't like went going. I was the only one who would go there alone and sit on the couch. You did? Mm-hmm. A weirdo. I was just. First of all, Jill's fault because I didn't know he was strangling dogs from the get go. <laughs> Another thing, which would have been nice to know. <laughs> Again. You guys. But so we had almost everything out of the house and we were pretty much in agreement. Okay, that's it. We're not going anymore. We're all done. Right. And then we started talking more and more about the fact that it was going to be foreclosed on and we may take the opportunity to buy it. Yeah. Um, so we started looking into maybe making sure we had the sinks and stuff that were in that other part. We're going to take that. And so we, we really had an entire household in our garage his household. We had to take our lawnmowers and everything out of the garage and cover them up with this big giant pool thing outside so that we could put all this stuff in the garage. And I mean, we really had a ton of stuff. And one of the things you, one time I came home and there was a box on the bed and it, I don't know if you remember this. It was about a 12 inch high box is about a foot and a half long. And it said money on it. Do you remember that box? No. What was in it? That was all those foreign Probably coins. Probably money. Oh, oh, God. God. <laughs> oh, Lord. He had yes. a ton of foreign coins from all over the world. Yes, it was crazy. Yeah. He had the old Chinese coins with the holes in them and the squares in them and all these different kinds of coins. And that, that becomes relevant into this story overall because we had had everything in the house. And I think you guys went back a couple more times. And the last time you went is when you got the candles, right? That is correct. And so I'm going to let you guys tell this part of the story because I was not there that Prior night. Prior to this, though, me and Zach were starting to get a little freaked out because, you know, everybody finds pennies. Pennies are everywhere usually. I mean, you know, and but I was finding pennies mm-hmm. like in places that you normally don't find pennies. So I was starting to feel like when we stopped going to the house that he didn't like that we'd stopped going to the house. And he would leave pennies and i felt that was because we took that jar from his house and i think he was showing me the sign that that was him oh see i always related it to the coins we found because that's no i think it was from the jar of money i think when you go back and think of it when you really reflect on it you're going to see where this all ties together because that's how we made it stop well, yeah, because well, yeah, yeah so I, I, a, but I think that's how it started yeah, was too. for him to let me know that he was with me because I felt him definitely was he was with me. So anyway, that night, Danielle, um, what did what were you what did you guys do that night? You went to Bible study, didn't you? It wasn't a night; it was more of a no. It was evening. Went to our evening. friends. It was like evening. It was dark outside. I had a friend outside. that passed away that we went to visit her. Um, her husband. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. Me and Danielle went and helped visit him. And um, he was an older man that was lonely. Okay. So we came home. It was about, I'm going to say 8, 830. I started making dinner. Danielle likes to light candles in her room. So I went into the garage and I gave her some of the candles that we had taken out of the home. And then I'll let Danielle continue from there. Um, I was making uh, blood candles out of uh, the wine 
bottles. No, that's what they're called. They're called blood candles. That's awful. Where does that come from? Oh, I think they do it all the, like drips at down. the head yeah. shops it drips and stuff. Oh, because it drips at, down. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it yeah. drips, so it reminds you of blood, so therefore blood candles. I never knew I never that. knew that. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Well, you guys learn on something 19, new every day, don't you? Crimes wine. Yes. Yeah, but it was good wine. So I have you, I had used different candles long change it to 20 stay <laughs> on uh some candles um first time i started using his candles i uh used a white one and a red one i had uh taken out so i did that one i put a red one in first to get the base ready for the blood candle lit that one and i did have balloons in my room by the way just wanted to add that i don't know why that just popped in my head and i wanted to say that but i don't know because it was your birthday time exactly the balloons popped um so i had lit the red candle and i had step outside to have a cigarette and um when i looked to my left i could see my uh my bedroom through the outside and when i looked to the left i saw all this smoke and i was like what the heck is going on so i run in my room which i had a door um in my bedroom for the patio run in you know there's still smoke it's not on fire yet but it's smoking okay go to my mother she's cooking i say mom there's a f- oh actually kelly you had just walked in so that is far you had just walked in you said um something's uh burning and i said and you said uh mom you said i'm making quiche and then i already knew what was going on but i was trying to evaluate the situation in my head when you guys were, you know, were talking, open the door, saw the fire, came straight, exactly. So open the door again, saw a little fire starting. Everything was black in my room, black, 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 told Kelly, get a fire extinguisher. And so I had at that same time, and then you had then opened the door again to check. Yes. And that's when it went in flames. Yes. It was huge. And that's when the panic begun yeah and we'll we'll skip over the whole panic part of sitting there and watching your house burn for yeah. several hours yeah. into the morning it's not it's it's bad enough that it happened but fortunately we all made it out alive yeah. um we did lose a few pets but you know it it was an experience because we basically all walked out of that house with what we had on our back yep we had no car keys well, i wasn't wearing anything on my back i had a pair of shorts on which was nice <laughs> i think the the neighbor lady gave zach a pair of her, her pajamas i got some some shoes and 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 uh, my I, boss actually Stopped at a wonderful gas station in town and bought me a shirt to wear. So that was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had on pants history. on two two sizes too small and boots that were also two I sizes had a, too small. No bra, some pajama pants and some old a jacket. So, yeah. <laughs> I had a furry house coat that I hated. But we ran out, we had no keys, we had no wallets, we had nothing. We basically became nobody like Almost. instantaneously. It was a ama- it was like such a weird feeling over the next couple of weeks. Um just the whole, the I don't know what it was. It was just that heaviness that was over us that seemed like, you had, I mean, we did. We lost everything. And it was a very difficult time for us each individually. And I think it was also a very tough time for us as a family. I think, you know, for Danielle, I think she took a lot of responsibility or felt the responsibility for it. But, it, you know, there was Absolutely. nothing. Absolutely. I lit the candle first, you yeah, know. Yeah, but that, I don't think that, I mean, it wasn't like you 
it's not like you lit a candle to burn the house down. You, Sounds you, like hocus pocus. Right. I lit the, the virgin candle or whatever well, it is. <laughs> how many people? How many people tug? You know, plug their toaster in and then it shorts out and there's a fire in the house. But it's not because they tried to do anything wrong. You weren't doing anything wrong. You had you. It's not like you were. And I had made these made the these bottles previously. You know I, mean? I had yeah. six bottles already completely made. Yeah, so, so it's something you knew. What I you already were, knew what I was so the doing. The limit is seven. <laughs> yeah, I guess no more than seven no blood than candles. Seven. <laughs> That's the rule. So. All right, just a warning, guys. No more than seven. No more than uh, seven. So the house is gone, and we've we've done the, the the mess of hotels and garbage that we've had to do, and there's just this weird feeling around us all the time. I can't sleep at night well. Um, Connie's constantly finding pennies continuously. Um, there's just this weird, heavy feeling over us. And it's like, I don't know. Uh, do you have a better way to describe it? Anybody other than that? I mean, that's just what it was. It was just like, I th- and I don't know if it was necessarily the fact that we lost everything or that this guy was. No, I felt that he was following me. You I, always said that. I always felt that. And I really felt him upon me. And when I was going through his things and stuff that, you know, that were burnt in the garage and stuff. And, um. It was like everything was gone, and he didn't want anything, you know, to be left. And the thing, the reason I thought that is because I felt him on me. So I had called uh, a friend. She was a spiritualist. And I didn't tell her anything. I just asked her if she could help me with something. And now, you hadn't gone to her before, though. Yes, I had gone to yeah, her before. Once before. A while okay, ago. Okay. And she had said, well, well, you know, it wasn't that long ago. I would say it was about six months ago. So she asked me why I wanted to talk to her. And I said, I don't really want to tell you, but I want you to just, you know, do sit with me. Do, do a reading. And I just need you to, you know, try to verify something that I'm feeling, you know, myself. And I need to find out. If you are basically true. looking for some sort of answer, answer to. Yeah, answer. Right. Some sort of, yeah. Basically so when, healing now, one thing I can back up and say is that before you went to her, you had mentioned that you were finding these pennies and stuff all the time. Yes. And I had never, I was not experiencing that in any way, shape, or form. However, I did notice when, and it was almost funny to me because whenever I was with you and we would, the elevator door would open, there would be a penny. Or we would yeah. come out of the mall and the door in the mall would open, there was a penny on the ground. I started noticing when I was with you, but I still never had it when I was alone. Now, not to interrupt or to go backwards, shall I say, but my feeling was I felt heaviness, but my feeling was more focused of heaviness. I ruined my whole family's life and burned down the house. So I had the guilt. So I was not focused on this man or the neighbor behind us, the same, you know, the same guy. I wasn't focused on the meanings behind it. I was more and I was dwelling. I wasn't noticing him at the time. So I was dwelling. And that, and but I felt very heavy, very, right. well, you, took you know, those, I you mean, took, it's a devastating thing to happen to anyone, you, you know? You took every feeling you were having and you put it into the, I have um, regret or I have, you have uh, the guilt, guilt oh, well, category instead of trying to make more sense of it. Exactly. Because I'm, yeah, I'm still my, my guilt, you know, I should, you know, punish myself and, you know. Well, I don't know if anyone's had, you know, out there that if they've sensed anybody or felt like someone has you know, invaded their space. I, w- I want to say, um, feeling like you're kind of being someone's in your soul almost. Um, you know, it's a scary feeling. It's just a weird feeling. And you know it when, when it happens to you. You can't explain it. You can just feel it. So when I went to her, you know, I sat down 
And, you know, she started to tell me things that she had told me from the first reading, and I didn't even say anything about to her. About your grandma and the kind of yeah, socks you know, you're talking about. You're talking about. about yeah, I can't mm-hmm. say it, but, yeah, um, she had tried to, you know, she was telling me things, and all of a sudden she said to me, she goes, wait, I, she goes, something's wrong. And I said, what? And she said, um, you have someone that's very angry with you with you. In your family. With you and your family, yes. Yeah. Oh, with you and your family. I thought you meant with... Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, she said that you have something that's following you. And I said, okay, because I, I started listening. And she said, you took his things and he's angry. He's very angry with you guys. Didn't she also tell you that... And I'm just trying to remember what you told me when you came home. Didn't you say that like he always admired your family from afar or something like that? And that you had made him angry because you took his stuff? I don't remember if she said she had, he had admired us, okay. but he she said that he follows us and he knows where I go always or where we go always. He follows us. Yeah, she like mentioned that you were in a hotel and we never told yes, her that. Yes, yeah, she said that he knew where we were and that he was with us all the time. And um, she he said knew he that was. I was up at night. Yeah, he he knew he he was with us, and I said that. And she asked me to explain, and I explained at that point because I knew after she told me that that she knew and that he was there when she told me I had an angry man with me, of course, that what I felt was confirmed. Are you sure it wasn't uh, your husband? <laughs> yeah, sometimes that could be. That could be. Maybe she was sensing you. But um, she told me what to do. You know, I had some things that were still, and you're talking about the money. He had a, uh, the money that you were talking about, yes. a pouch that survived. And he had a few things um, that he had had. And she asked me that I needed to go and sage his house and apologize to him for taking uh, it. From taking oh, his you know things. what? Not to any even interrupt. We didn't even state what survived the fire. No, nothing. The yes, only thing they did, some of his. Well, yes. Yeah, yeah. When, they, when the fire department was trying to fight the fire, they kind of gave up for a little while. And instead of actually fighting the fire, they decided to rip our garage door off because it didn't matter anyway. They ripped the garage door off and um, just started pulling his stuff out of the garage. Yes, and you know what was one of them? I, I know the, what sick, was. the yarn, the yarn to me, and I never told you guys. It's just a box of yarn. It just—I was like, how did the whole house burn down? And this box of yarn. Oh, because they had pulled it out of the fine. garage. They pulled it out of the garage. Well, that's, that's what we're talking about with the money. Yeah. The money yeah. survived also, and he had a couple. Of possessions too. That there was some uh, cast iron toys that were in a box that he had. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, up, the horses pl- or whatever. Yeah, I remember all that stuff. Yep. So, so Kayla told me that I was kind of scared because I never did that before. I never saged a house. I don't know how to do that kind of stuff. So, she had told me it's easy. I just need to go and do that. I need to apologize to this man for invading his space, mm-hmm. which I did. And it didn't work. And <laughs> I went there. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you need to take. Um, a step back when you go into some person that has passed away, you shouldn't really invade their things, touch their stuff yeah. because they are there. But it's we had. I felt like we weren't doing anything wrong because his wife said because obviously it, it was his things, but when he passed away, they became her things, and she said, "Take them and sell them and let's split the money." But he was an angry man. He didn't feel okay, that they were her things. I got that. But we and didn't I get, get it. that. We yeah, didn't we understand didn't get that. it. I'm saying like legally we did nothing wrong, so I felt like we we're okay. Exactly, but he felt that we did something wrong because it was his things and right. he was he was very um angry. He was an angry man. He was from Vietnam. I think he had a lot of anger issues from things that he went through with his life. So I went and saged the house. I walked around the house several times and I apologized to him. 
And I said, I was sorry. I took the things that survived the fire and I put them back under like a crawl space, I guess that would be. Or what would that be no, like? A You did it one time and it didn't work. Yeah, I know the first time I did it worked. Okay, then there's a story that we have to tell before you did that. We would have to go out from our hotel and take the dogs out. We'd have to we, we had to we had to leave some dogs there. We had a big fenced in property, so we left the dogs there. We would have to go feed them in the morning and then we would go back in the afternoon and check on them again once we picked our grandson up from school. So we went in the morning and I and I think it was I don't know. We went to breakfast. We had dropped we had dropped off our grandson. We went to breakfast, and then we went out to let the dogs out. And we we were out there with the dogs. When we were coming down the road, we noticed two kids jump the fence and run down the street. Now we recognized who they were from. We didn't know them personally, but we knew who no they names. were down the street. <laughs> and when I went, we started looking around. I noticed that they had been in those cast iron toys, and that's what we told you. I said, "Hey, they've been through the cast iron toys." That was prior, right? And it wasn't. Yeah, that's prior to you actually doing yeah. all the saging and everything. So we. This is really what convinced me. This is the story that made me believe that this had nothing to do with anybody but this guy who burned our house down. And uh, it was he, they, that the kids had taken some of his toys, those cast iron toys, jumped our fence, ran home. You and I went there, did the whole dog thing, everything. I think we went back to the hotel, maybe did some laundry, whatever it was that day. We went back and picked up the dog food or whatever it was that we were dropping off there. And we came around the corner because you had to drive by those kids' house that, you know, were in our property. You had to drive by their house to get to ours. And as we rounded the corner, there were fire trucks and police cars there because there had been a fire. And there was a big area next to their house that had burned up. So those kids took those toys from our house that were his. And it, and he burned their area as well. So not only did the fire happen before that got put out when you guys were out of town and I was at work, that the fire department came and put that out. Then our house burns down. And now these kids who took his toys, their house is burning or the area around their house is burning. So, I mean, that right there was concrete cement. Something's not right for me. And that was before you went and saw the um, That's when the I did the saging. Yeah. And, and I went and put all the things that survived the fire and I put them in. What I don't understand. He had kind of, like you said, the modular home underneath the, I don't know what that's called. Yeah, there was a crawl space underneath the modular yeah, home. Yeah, I, I threw all that stuff back under his Well, house. the one thing you did throw underneath there was the, you had a bunch of the, the money in the box was in the trunk of your car. That's why it was, you still had it with us like yes, the whole time. I it did. was in the car. Yes, so it was in the everywhere car. Everywhere we went, his box of yes. foreign coins that he had collected over the years was riding around with us and yeah, we had no idea. And I think one day we saw it and we're like, Oh my gosh, this is it. This is the thing that we have to put back. And that's what we and did. That was one of the first things I you, threw back into. The, and then you the saged house. it. And then and I told him it, to go it, oh, see the light and I told him to go to heaven. I told him I was sorry. And I was go to see his friends that served in Vietnam. And, and it was funny that I got in the car and I felt a, a relief over me which was a nice thing. I kind of finally felt a peace and it was, and then about a minute later you called me and you yeah. asked me if I, and I said, you just did it, didn't you? And you said, yeah, why? How do you know? And I said, I feel different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was weird. Yeah. And then, and then we didn't feel him anymore. No, we were just sad because we lost our house at that point. <laughs> and we had but, to get yeah. through that, but we all made it. Okay. We're all doing good. So yeah, that was really, that's so, really where the experience came from. That, yeah. that so the it. fact that, uh, his he almost caught our house on fire in the beginning. The our house time. burnt down, and then the kids took 
the toys from, you know, us that were her, his, you know, started making me feel, I hate to say this, like, you know, everything wasn't my fault. Maybe there's possibly, and you know, to me, maybe I'm rationalizing There's only it. one person that I wasn't looking for a way out. You. I wasn't. <laughs> Nobody, else does. Nobody else does. I wasn't looking at it. Well, forever. I will always feel that way. But now I do feel that something else was part of that energy. That's what I'm saying. So I still believe it's my fault, but I also think there was a big energy involved with how it happened around and why it. around it. Yes. Now, Zach, you never felt anything with this man? Oh, I felt like the heaviness, but after you did that, I didn't really feel anything else after that. You just so, tried to ignore the heaviness. You yeah. just thought it was because you were yeah. sad about the fire. Yeah. I've become so numb. Man, <laughs> but that's what kind of put us where we're at right now and, and basically on the adventure we're heading into. So that's kind of the backstory on where we're going or, or where we came from. And, you know, now maybe we should take a second and talk about where we're going. Well, I just want to say one more thing, though, that we've, you know, when we do our other adventures that we definitely have learned to you know, you watch some of these shows that they're stupid, that it's like, come out and scratch me and do this and that. And I think we've learned that you need to respect these people, you know, that um, they are really there and we need to be respectful of them and not disgrace them. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, mm -hmm. when you're going into these places and you're screaming and yelling and everything like that, you, the, the one thing that I have taken away and kind of learned from just some of the things I've watched is that um, you have to have respect for that person. Yes. Like you're going into their home yes. or into their um, building or whatever it is. You can't just go in there like it's yours. You're going into their dimension. Yeah, That's I right. Mean, you're going to their and, space. And I think for me personally, the adventure is, hey, did, did we just go through a fire and all this stuff and all the other stuff is coincidence? Or is there actually a different level to all of this? And that And that's kind of where... I'm hoping to find out over the next, you know, six, eight months of, you know, the adventures there, we've got planned. There right are diff definitely uh, different kinds of energy, stronger energy, uh, softer energy. I've definitely noticed. Definitely notice he has a very strong energy around us. And that's, you know, because there's other things we've been in people's houses. Mom, you do. What, what, are, what are those houses called uh, after they pass away? Wakes. Houses. No, estate sales, estate sales. Oh, yes. estate yeah. sales. Yeah, and I've been in those too, and I didn't feel the heaviness. I felt Sometimes a little, en a softer energy. Right. So I'm just saying I've felt different. I've experienced different kind of energies, and everyone experienced energies. Well, That's think, part of being a human. Sometimes I've been in a estate sale where I have to leave the house because I feel like the person doesn't want me to take their... Like, I'm of the opinion that if you went out in a bad way and it was nasty and you were evil or mean or whatever it was at the end, then you may carry that energy with you. However, if you're a nice lady and your husband passed away a few years ago and you continue with your life and everything's good exactly. and you're a great mom and great grandmom and everything's great and then you pass away naturally, you know, there's there, there can still be joy because she's rejoiced. She's rejoined with her husband and things like that. So that's maybe more of a positive energy that may be in a home. So I definitely believe that that's a possibility. At yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so, where yeah. I definitely realized, wow, maybe, you know, another there is a different world because the energies I felt from negative, positive, different energies, you know, I really was like, there's something around here. There's something other than us. And that really 
kind of introduced me and made me believe a little bit stronger about these energies. So I'm very curious. It's funny that you should say that there's positive and negative kind of energies because one of the places we're going to in a week has both. Has Rep- been represented yeah. by both. So yeah. we are going to visit the Sally House in Ashenton, Kansas, one of the most haunted locations in America. So and that'll be fun, and we're going to go over some more history next week on the on the history of the Sally House. And then in the coming weeks, we'll do an episode based on our findings and our investigation at the house. And we're also going to, if you're on our Facebook page, on St. Patrick's Day evening. That's we will, we'll be there. Yeah. We will be there on St. Patrick's Day Eve. And a funny story about this, the gentleman that built the home in 1870, was, he purchased the property in 1860, and then he built the house on there and moved in in 1870. He was a direct descendant from Ireland. So it should be an interesting night to be there. We did not know that when we originally booked it, but that is something that uh, it adds a little more, I would say, spice to it. So Corn, beef, yeah. and cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, make sure to like, rate, review, and we'll uh, we'll see you guys next week when we discuss the history of the Sally House. And watch us on Facebook Live on St. Patrick's Day.